First of all, Happy Easter to everybody. Today is um, objectively the most amazing day of the year. It's to, to honestly ponder the fact that we celebrate Jesus Christ rising from the dead, destroying death, so that all of us can share in his life. Forget about pious platitudes. That's amazing. And yet that's what he's done. Just in a opening remarks, I'd like to welcome anybody who's here visiting. But I'd like to especially welcome maybe anybody who's not been to Mass for a while. And is not sure exactly why they're here, but you're here. It's good that you're here. That's Jesus Christ working in our hearts. He's bringing you to him. So just know that if you're here and someone drug you here and you're not sure, you're like, ah, do I go or not? That's our Lord. He's working on you. He loves you infinitely. And it's great that you're here. Both in today's second reading, in the sequence, that beautiful prayer that we prayed prior to the second reading, and also in the Alleluia acclamation, there was a common theme. I don't know if you caught it. They mentioned the lamb. I know many of you will probably have lamb for dinner or for, for lunch today. But the lamb is significant. If we understand the lamb, we understand Jesus Christ. And so what I would like to do today is just to tell you a little bit of, of a story about the Easter lamb. 1,500 years before Jesus Christ ever walked this earth, God knew that his people needed him. He knew that his people were suffering. They were slaves in Egypt. The Pharaoh was oppressive. His people were miserable. The Lord wanted to deliver his people. The Lord loved his people. He wanted them to experience life and freedom and abundance. So what did he do? He sent Moses, his servant, to lead his sons and daughters out of Egypt into this promised land. This land which he had prepared ahead of time for them. This place that was filled with abundance. Scripture says it was flowing with milk and honey. Not literally, that would be weird. But just this place of tremendous abundance. Overflowing goodness. Well, what happened? Sadly, the Pharaoh didn't take kindly to the Lord's will. He opposed God. He worshipped these false gods. The gods of the culture. We all know them. The ones that promise us happiness, but always disappoint us. So what did the Lord do to try to win over even Pharaoh? He sent plagues to show that when you worship a false god, bad things happen. He did that so that Pharaoh's heart would change, but it didn't. His heart grew hardened. The fruit of a life opposed to God is death. The Egyptians refused life, and so death came calling. The Lord smote every firstborn in the land of man and beast alike. The only ones who escaped death that fateful day in Egypt were those who did something very, very strange. The Lord told Moses that anyone who wanted to live had to procure for themselves an unblemished lamb and sacrifice it 
on the evening that he said. And then once they had sacrificed the lamb, they were instructed to do two things. And these two things were absolutely crucial for life. First, they had to mark the doorposts of their houses with the blood of that sacrificed lamb. Second, they had to eat the flesh of the lamb with their loins girt, with sandals on their feet, and with a staff in their hands. And then when the angel of death came to Egypt that night, the houses that were marked with the blood of the lamb and the people who properly ate the flesh of the unblemished lamb lived. Death literally passed them over. Thousands were saved, thousands were saved because of the blood of the unblemished lamb. The resurrection, which we celebrate today, makes this life, this freedom, this abundance available to all, not just to a few thousand who happened to be living in Egypt 1,500 years before Jesus Christ came to earth. You see, everything that happened during that first Passover in Egypt was meant to point forward to the reality of Jesus Christ. All throughout sacred scripture, the Messiah, the Savior, the one who was sent by the Father to deliver us from the slavery of sin, all throughout sacred scripture, the Messiah is portrayed as a lamb. Behold the Lamb of God, St. John the Baptist said, the very moment he laid eyes on Jesus Christ. If you look at Isaiah, which we heard last night in the Easter Vigil, the suffering servant in Isaiah, the one who came to take on all of our guilt and our sins, the one who was led to slaughter silently, was likened to a lamb. If you look way back in the book of Numbers, we read that it was seven unblemished lambs that the Jews sacrificed on the Day of Atonement. Why? To make amends for their sins. The very moment, this is amazing, the very moment that Jesus Christ died on the cross is the exact time in Jerusalem when the Passover lambs were sacrificed again, to atone for the sins of the people. All of these clues were given to us over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years so that you and I would understand who Jesus Christ is and what he came to do for us. Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God who came to mark us with the, his blood so that we might have life and that death might pass us over. And because of the resurrection, the greatest miracle ever, Jesus Christ the Lamb is able to be present in every Catholic church, in every part of the world, at all times, in the Eucharist. So that anyone who desires this life, anyone who does not want to taste death, can have their wishes, their desires fulfilled. In just a few moments, I'm going to go to that altar. 
which in the church we call the altar of sacrifice. And I'm going to say the words that Christ told his first priest to say on the night of the Last Supper, hours before he was crucified on the cross. And the bread and the wine which parishioners will bring to me will literally become his flesh. And then I'm going to hold up the Eucharist. And I'm going to say these words, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold Him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. And when you come forward to receive the Eucharist, what happens? The same exact two things that happened 3,500 years ago at that first Passover. The God of the universe is marking your souls, the house of your temple, the house of your soul. He's marking them with his blood. You are eating the flesh of the Lamb of God in his resurrected form. Anyone who does these things properly will never die. You will be delivered to the promised land, this place of abundance, flowing not with milk and honey, literally, but with eternal peace. But we have to do it properly. For the Jews, God demanded that they eat the lamb with their loins girt, with sandals on their feet, and with a staff in their hand. In other words, they had to be prepared for the journey to the Promised Land, which they were about to embark upon. You and I have got to be prepared too. And for us, that really means two things. First, it means that our souls have to be ready, have to be disposed to receive the Lamb of God. It means that if we haven't been practicing the faith, if we haven't been to Mass every Sunday, if we haven't been following the Ten Commandments, that we need to make a good confession before we receive the Lamb of God, before the God of the universe can enter into our souls. Because the blood of the Lamb won't stick, so to speak, to our souls if it's cluttered with that sin. We need confession. Secondly, We've got to be ready to leave the foreign gods behind. The gods of money and pleasure and pride and lust and greed. These gods weigh us down. They slow us down on the journey that God's calling us to embark upon. And they ultimately lead to frustration and to death. And we've got to be free from all of that dead weight so that we can follow the God of life with all of our energy. And that's what Easter is all about. It's about actively preparing for this journey to heaven. I want to end with an invitation to anyone who's been away from the church for a year, for 10 years, 50 years. The God of the universe wants you back. This priest wants you back. He wants to free you from what bothers you. He knows your suffering. 
And all he wants to do is take away that suffering. He wants to take your burden upon his shoulders so you can enjoy freedom and peace. He wants to lift the sins which really burden us so that we can experience his mercy. He wants to take the wounds that you've been struggling with and give you his love, his mercy, his healing. And most of all, he wants to take death from us all so that we can share his divine life. No matter what has happened in your past, God wants you to follow him now. He is the only one, folks, that can give us what we're looking for. He is the only one that can fill that hole in our heart that we try to fill with everything else, but it doesn't work. Next week, one week from today, we celebrate the great feast of divine mercy. Mercy is the greatest fruit of the resurrection. And after the 1045 Mass, which I invite you all to come to, I'm going to be in my favorite place, the confessional, from after that Mass until 3 o'clock. If you've been away from the church, if you've been struggling, come. Receive the greatest fruit of His resurrection, His mercy. Prepare your soul to receive the Lamb of God properly so that your soul can be marked with His blood. And anyone who is marked by the blood of the Lamb will never die, but will live. Easter is about life. Easter is about the Lamb. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold Him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are all those called to the supper of the Lamb. God bless you.